I was talking to God about this the other day. I think it was to impact others in a positive light. Um, Rick Ross says it all the time that uh, how many people you bless is how you measure success. Um, and a lot of people will, will say success is, you know, getting the car of their dreams, getting their, you know, their bachelor's degree, getting, you know, the newest Jordan, getting, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. I've done all of those things and mm-hmm. I realized that there's so much more to this. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. Alright, welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Randy Osei, owner and founder of Rose Management. I've known Randy for about maybe six years now. Six, seven years now? Around that time, or you're not even sure? Uh yeah, about seven years. Seven years? Seven years, yeah. Okay, okay. Um and I've been watching him for a while and it's it's been amazing to see how far he's progressed over the years. Um and right now he manages several athletes. Um, and he's leveraged that into many other opportunities and accomplishments along his journey. So, Randy, tell us about Rose Management. What is Rose Management? Uh, shoot, Rose Management. Rose Management is, is my child. Um, in the sense that, you know, I came into the whole basketball industry as a player manager, working with one player. And now I, I run a company that does a, a whole lot of things. Um, I still do the player management. Uh, I'm now into the marketing world as well. Uh, branding. Uh, I work with other talents. I work with, uh, a CFL player, um, a DJ, a creative director. Um, I've also done work with, uh, I mean, a long list of different you know, people at Foyal Entertainment. I've worked with CJ McCollum, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of guys. So yeah, like I said, I've, I've worked with a lot of athletes. Uh, and talent and like Dan said at the beginning of the whole podcast that uh, I've been able to leverage that into doing other business. So um, that's kind of been my forefront and uh, just trying to create opportunities for those around me and uh, some of my friends. Okay. Okay. So now Randy, currently you're in Brampton, Ontario. Is this where you grew up most of your life? No, absolutely not. Um, I moved to Brampton when I was 13 and I left when I was 19. Uh, I where, st- where did you, where did you start from then? I was born in Montreal, uh, moved to Scarborough when I was about one and a half, two years old. I was in Scarborough from ages two to 13, actually got in a lot of trouble. So I had to move out west to be with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, came to Brampton for high school. Then I went away to school for three years and I've lived in, Cleveland. I lived in uh, Minnesota. Where'd you go to school uh, when you left? Uh, when I left, uh, man, I got a basketball scholarship to go to uh, Brandon University, mm-hmm. which is in Manitoba, about two hours away. Um, that was an experience. I transferred after my first year. went to Wilfrid Laurier University. Um, I was there for two years, and then I did one year at Durham College. Uh, and then after that, I you know just started working and building my own thing. So growing up in these environments, how do you think they contributed to 
rosé management? Like, how do you think they, they help mold you into the person you are today? Well, um, I come from a family that, you know, believes in Christ and believes in hard work. Um, I have two God-fearing parents that are forever praying for me. Um, and I have two step-parents that have been very supportive of everything that I've done. Um, I think my environment was, was a little different. I didn't really realize it till a couple of years ago, but, you know, my mom works extremely hard. She used to work two jobs, and now she's okay to just work one, but she would wake up every morning at uh, 7 and go to work from 8 to 12.30, come home at 1 and leave home at 1.30 to get to work for 2, and then she'd be back by 11 that night and do it again five days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Um, you know, my, my stepdad, he started his own business, uh, which he still has to this day. He does crown moldings in people's houses. Um, my dad worked at UPS for the longest time and he started his own little hustle with Primerica, helping people, you know, find financial freedom and, you know, get insurance and investing their money and things like that. And he just recently quit at UPS and he's just doing, uh, Primerica full time. And my stepmom, you know, used to do hair and, and things like that. So it's, when I look back, like my family's been full of hardworking entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I didn't really know what was going on, but I, I guess a lot of what they were doing and just watching them hustle and get after it, um, rubbed off on me. And I'm kind of, you know, you know, moving into my own, uh, lane here and creating my own lane and being able to give opportunities to other people now. So. I think like my my family environment's been has been very very influential when it comes to me in terms of working and building. That's great. That's great. And it's it's amazing how you, you took what's happening in your immediate environment and sort of it, it rubbed off on you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, you know, my stepdad with his uh molding company, you know, he'll get a call and he'll sit down, he's writing things down and you know, he's talking about taxes and I'm like, well, what are taxes? I, I didn't understand what taxes were. So he would explain it to me. Um, my real father, um, was learning about investments and he was sitting down and explaining investments to me. Like, I didn't understand it. And these aren't things that you can learn in school, mm-hmm. but, uh, this is something that I, I would come home and see. And, you know, we'd be out on a family trip and my dad has to, um, go outside and take a phone call because it's business related. So just understanding that. Um, you, you get out of what you put in, in terms of your own business that like when you, when you have your own company, you're basically not working hours. You're just working to complete projects. So in a project that could take you four hours and get you paid $200, that's what it is. But there could be a project that takes you 30 minutes and gets you paid $2,000 mm-hmm. and that's what it is. So, um, I guess my parents in a sense, or I don't even think they did it consciously, but they kind of showed me that. Um, a nine to five isn't for everybody. And mm-hmm. those that do work a nine to five, you know, kudos to them. But I, I don't like to be awoken by an alarm clock every day to go into a job and work for somebody else. I'd rather build something on my own. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I can at least say that, you know, I wake up every day and I kind of follow my passion and, um, try to turn my dreams into a reality. Okay, and now you are, man. You are. You already doing it. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, my mom is still working. I gotta, you know, <laughs> get her to stop working and, you know, enjoy life a little bit more. So, um, I, I think I'm on my way. But until I get there, it's you know, it's nonstop. Okay. Okay. So, 
I guess you could say, you know, what made you decide? So you, you obviously started off with a love for basketball, right? Mm-hmm. I was nice. You're nice, eh? I, I still am, actually. <laughs> I still am. Um, Same, you could cross, cross a few, man. No, you know what? My game has always been very methodical. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, zoom by you with speed or mm-hmm. jump over you, but I will get into the positions that I know that I'm successful and I will win that internal battle. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can ask. Ask about <laughs> Ask me. around, yeah, eh? Ask, yeah, yeah. Be surprised. You won't even be surprised. <laughs> All right. So, like I was saying, so your love for basketball, it's, it's crazy how you leveraged. How did you leverage, you know, your love for basketball and you playing basketball into a career managing athletes? How did you go about to make that transition? Um, well, I guess my last year of playing uh, university college ball, um, I had broke my foot twice mm-hmm. and it just getting back on the court was, was so hard because, you know, I came back two weeks early. I played one week and then broke it again. And I don't, I, I don't want to say it broke me, but it just kind of changed my perspective with this whole basketball thing that, I mean, being an athlete is a lot of work. You got to watch film. You got to train your body. You got to train your mind. Then you have practice mm-hmm. and you practice X amount of times and then, then you have games and it's just a lot. And for me at that time, I was just, I mean, the, the drive and the passion wasn't there to do all that, mm-hmm. but I still wanted to be around the game. So I actually took um, my time and volunteered with my old AAU program, which was CIA Bounce. And I volunteered for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I wanted to coach and, um, you know, they brought me in as a, as a player coach where, um, I'd be on the bench and, you know, one of my first jobs was to collect stats, like see how many turnovers each guy has or fouls. And I'm just like, okay, I can do more. Like, let me draw a play. They're like, no, like you got to start and build a foundation. And at the time I was just like, all right, well, no problem. And that, you know, grew into kind of managing the team and helping booking trips, um, taking care of guys while they're on the road. And, uh, I think the, the merger came when I realized I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I just stopped playing a couple months ago. So I know what these guys needs in terms of their bodies and what they should be eating and drinking. So I was able to kind of help guys in that sense and still help the team overall, um, reach success. And I think my first summer, not even, I think we went to the uh, peach jam finals. So if you play AAU, that's the ultimate, like that's where, where everybody's trying to go to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the peach jam finals, we lost by one on some BS call by a ref. But, um, that summer I really saw the, you know, the business of basketball. And, uh, the following year, Anthony Bennett went to the NBA and, uh, you know, I had a really good relationship with him and being from Brampton, being from, yeah. Well, living in Brampton, sorry, yeah, yeah. from Scarborough. Um, and, uh, you know, he asked me to be his guy and I, I really didn't understand it at the time. Um, so I, I went and I actually spent time with Tristan Thompson for about a week just to see what his day to day was like as a professional and, I was like, okay, this is something that I can do because I know I can impact success. Mm-hmm. So uh, the following year, 2013, Anthony declared for the NBA, and yeah, the rest is history. The rest okay. is history. So, um, I mean, I still deal with Anthony to this day. We've been running his camp for the past uh, three years. Uh, we're going to do year four this year. Um, in my opinion, and a lot of people say it, it is the best NBA player camp just because of, you know, what kids get and, Anthony's okay with, you know, um, giving back to his community. He always gives back and, um, 
he's 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 not done. I know a lot of people kind of written him off, but uh, he still has. He's only twenty four years old. Yeah, and he still has a good ten. 12 years of basketball in him. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's going to write an interesting story when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's hit some lows, but there's only one way to go from when you're down there is up. So I know he's going to get back there. And, you know, he just had a little boy. Um, so he's got a, a new motivation. Yeah. Um, King Zayden. Nice. <laughs> Zayden Anthony Bennett. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how I got started with this whole thing, you know, working with Anthony my first year. And after that first year with Anthony, I – I wanted to do other things. I, I'm the type of person that I, I can't just do one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started working with brands. I, I interned for brands. So I did a lot of interning. I did a lot of volunteering on my own time. I spent a lot of my own money. I invested in myself time and time and time and time and time and time after again. Took a lot of L's. Uh, failed at a whole lot of things. But, you know, what people do see is the success. They don't mm-hmm. see, you know, that I had to sleep on you know hotel floors or mm-hmm. sleep on the the floor of a coach bus to get to Peach Jam or they don't see that I had to, you know, take an eight hour Greyhound bus across from, you know, Cleveland to Philadelphia. People don't see that stuff. All they see is, you know, oh, he's at a game. You didn't see how I got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't see I had to eat McDonald's or s- sit beside, uh, you know, a person on a Greyhound that didn't shower. And it happened often. <laughs> it happened often. But I had to go through it because, you know, it just made me tougher and made me – um Realize that you know I've been blessed, but it's not going to be an easy road. So, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, I guess that's kind of my background mm-hmm. and how I kind of got started into things. You could say for the most part. That's interesting, man, and that's one thing where I say a lot of people who are in a position like you. Mm-hmm. That's why there's not many people in that position because they aren't willing to go and make those sacrifices, mm-hmm. right? So, I commend you on making those sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Thank that's you. Some powerful stuff, man. So I guess aside from from Anthony Bennett, what other um, clients do you do you do you manage right now? Uh, so I work with uh, Dylan Brooks in Memphis Grizzlies. He was just in the Rising Stars game. He's yeah. a rookie. Thon um, Maker mm-hmm. of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, this is his second year in the NBA. Cam mm-hmm. Birch of the Orlando Magic. This is his first year in the NBA. He's spent I think the last three years over two years overseas. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he's actually. I mean, he should have been in the NBA a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's all about timing. And there's no better timing than God's timing, and he's doing really, really well. So, mm-hmm. uh, those are my three NBA clients. I work with Jawan Breskison mm-hmm. of the CFL. Um, do a lot of branding with him, and slowly starting to build his his brand to you know bring in marketing deals. Um, I work with Foyal Entertainment. It's Jay and Trey Richards. They're both from Brampton. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even meet them in Brampton, but you know we've become good friends and we've been able to you know do different projects together. Um, I work with Stephen Van, who's a creative director. He's only 16 years old, but he has 86,000 subscribers on YouTube, so he's kind of oh, a wow. big deal. Yeah. So um, I'm actually bringing him to Ghana with me uh, next month nice. to come and shoot um, and document you know the whole uh, book and sneaker drive. Mm-hmm. Um, also work with Matthew Bennett. He is a, uh, young baseball player. Actually, he lives in Paris and he's playing professionally over there. Uh, he's also a model as well. So it's kind of two different worlds. He's mm-hmm. also, he's an athlete, but he's also a model. So it's two talents to kind of play with. Yeah. So, you know, just ex- branching out and doing different things. Um, and last but not least, I work with DJ Rose Gold. Um, she's 21. She's from Mississauga. And, she has a very, very, very interesting drive. She, uh, if you ever meet her, you'll see that, you know, she, she really gets after it. And I, I like to work with like-minded people because, mm-hmm. 
no matter at what level you are, you're going to face challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people look at NBA players and like, oh, you made it to NBA, life is good. No, <laughs> it's not that simple. Yeah. Uh, yes, you may be receiving a check larger than most of society, but you got to put in so much time and sacrifice and you don't get to see your family as much as you'd like to. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get up early, the travel, the game schedule, you know, dealing with coaches, the politics of basketball, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, good vets, bad vets, um, bad assistant coaches, good coaches, bad as- coaches. Like there's so much that goes into it. And I want people to understand that no, no matter what level you get at, P. Diddy probably has challenges that we just don't know. All we yeah. see is a success, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all going to have challenges. And if you're not being challenged, then you're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I, I try to you know, let all my clients know and anyone that I work with know that it's not going to be easy. But as long as we put in the work that we'll reach our goals, we will reach our goals. And I just strongly, strongly believe in that. Okay. Okay. Well said. Purposeful story, family. Um, we know that you have a sneaker and book drive mm-hmm. coming up. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, so it's not that it's coming up. I've actually been working on it since October. Mm-hmm. Um, and with it, uh, well, the backstory behind it is I went to Ghana back in 2016 for the first time with my dad. And the first day I got there, I actually cried because there's a lot of reasons why I cried. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that. I'm soft or anything like that because yeah. I'm from Scarborough. But, <laughs> um, you know, it was the first time seeing my dad's side of the family because I'd never met anybody from my dad's side of the family. And just driving through Ghana, you know, just leaving the airport, there's kids hustling, running around with no shoes, trying to sell you water to make sure that you're good. When you're just like, nah, like, how can I help you? You know? Yeah. And uh, uh, we went to my dad's stepmom's house and, you know, we got there and we just, you know, grabbed hands and we, we said a quick prayer. And as we were praying, I just started crying. I just couldn't control it. I had no idea where it was coming from, but that meant something because I don't cry. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to do something. So after I left Ghana, amazing trip. Um, it dawned on me that, yo, those little kids that I saw running up and down the markets trying to sell water, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. That could have been you. If our parents never made the jump over here, yeah, you could be over there selling water, just trying to figure out where your next meal is. So um, I came home and uh, just been on the drawing board and trying to figure out what makes sense, but it doesn't take away too much from what I'm already doing. Obviously, everyone knows I'm in the basketball circles of the world. And um, I wanted to do a, just a book drive, but then, you know, to be politically correct, you got to do education. So I said, let's do the book and sneaker drive. Um, but I wanted it to be a little bit different. Um, I know a lot of people will say, like, for example, uh, United Way, they'd be like, hey, donate $25 and it goes to this cause. So people will say, give me this so I can go do this. For me, I wanted it to be different where I'm giving back to people. So I've had like ticket raffles where I had, you know, basketball tickets to Raptors games. And for people that donated shoes, you get a chance to win Raptors tickets. So I'm giving back to my community mm-hmm. in hopes that my community will give back to me so that I can give back to Ghana. Mm-hmm. So um, through the months of November, December, and a little bit of January, we collected over four or 500 pairs of shoes, wow. um, over 450 books, and we just recently shipped it at the beginning of February. And then uh, when we get to Ghana on March 31st to April 9th, we're going to go to, uh, I think, two orphanages, three high schools, and a hospital 
over eight day span do a little presentation we're gonna do a basketball camp while we're out there as well nice and just give back to those communities because i mean we're all global citizens and um i, I met a man earlier today by the name of uh, kwame who uh owns the uh, golden stool restaurant mm-hmm. and he said something today that you know the world was one it was water and then just a big land and it was a man that came and said that okay well you're you're an uh a citizen of this place. You're a citizen of this. We're all from the same place. We're all from the same earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of hit home today. It kind of put things into perspective that uh, we're all going to, you know, pass at some point. So uh, we got to give to those and help those that are less fortunate than us because our service to others is the rent that we pay for our time here on earth. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, my biggest thing has always been to, you know, give back whenever I can. If, you know, any kid, anyone emails me or DMs me or gets my number from someone like, hey, Ryan, do you have some questions? Can you, you know, help me? Or I, I just need some advice. Yeah, for sure. Let's find out a time. And I don't turn down anybody just because I wish I had access. I wish social media was around back when I was younger mm-hmm. because I'd be so rich. <laughs> I'd be so rich. But because we didn't have it like that back then, um, who am I to say no to a kid who's trying to chase after his dreams? You know, mm-hmm. um, just today, um, when I went to that same restaurant, Kwame's son says, Oh yeah, my son says he knows you. And I'm just saying, like, knows me. He's like, yeah, like he said, he's seen you here and seen you here. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, that stuff is flattering, but it, that means I'm, I feel like I'm doing something right. Like mm-hmm. if a kid could come and point me out at a restaurant in downtown Brampton, that means, you know, things are moving and I'm, I'm making some kind of change, but I guess we'll see. Maybe next time we come back on the Purposeful podcast, we could talk about how the uh, book and sneaker drive went. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. So what's next for Rosé Management? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, just continue to build, man. I actually started a second company called Atlas 365, and that's going to be uh, – well, not – that is a, a consulting company where we're able to just take more risks because, I, you know, working with these athletes and these brands, you meet a lot of other people. You know, cannabis is really big right now. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin, all these things are really big. Um, I don't want to infuse anything that's that hasn't been socially accepted by society. I don't want to infuse that with Rosé Management. You know, I want to keep everything clean here. But Alice 365, well, you know, deep we'll dive deeply into some of these things in the world and see where we can help and um, bring awareness. So um, I do have Atlas 365, um, which is registered already. Um, I definitely want to start business in Ghana. Um, I don't, what I want to do, I don't know, but I will figure it out. Mm. Um, definitely want to do a charity drive every year. Uh, obviously this year was Ghana. Next year could be Philippines or Jamaica or England or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, because we always need to give back. And it humbles us to know that there's people that need our help. It's not that they want it. They need it. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, I may be afraid to ask for something. A lot of, there's a lot of people out there that are afraid to ask for something. So just, you know, stretching that hand to, to help others, I think, is going to be on the forefront of, for Rosé Management. Obviously, we're going to continue to build, you know, brands of athletes and different talents um, across the GTA and, in North America as well. Um, but getting these guys to give back as well as their careers kind of grow and go on forward. Okay. Okay. Solid. 
As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you, whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobe.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Purpose Ground, where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So what is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? Uh, Working out, one, two, reading. If you could have a conversation with one person, living or dead, who would it be and why? Conversation, Will Smith. Because Will has has done everything in terms of entertainment, in my sense, in my in my eyes. Um, he's acted, he's done TV comedy, mm-hmm. he's done movies, he's made an album. Um, his kids are successful, his wife is successful. Mm-hmm. All Will breeds is success. So just, if I can get an hour with him and just ask him, like, what do you do on a day-to-day? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are, what are you, some of your conversations like? Uh, I think Will Smith would be up there. And Kobe Bryant. But Will Smith first. Okay. Have you met Kobe Bryant already? Yes, I've met him twice. I met him, uh, the 2012, 2013 NBA season. And then I met him in the 2014, 2015 NBA season when he passed. I think when he became the third or fourth all time scorer, this was in Minnesota. Um, the first time I met him, I said, Hey, Kobe, what's up? He's like, Hey, what's going on, young fellow? The second time I met Kobe was, uh, after he surpassed somebody's scoring record. I don't even remember. It might have been me. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm playing. Um, he passed somebody. I don't remember who it was. And I was like, all right, cool. When I see Kobe in the tunnel, I'm asking for this picture real quick. So he, you know, he surpassed the record and then I saw him in the tunnel. Sorry, the tunnel. And he walked by and I was mute. I couldn't even say anything. I was just in such awe. I don't know. I'm like, why didn't this happen the first time I met him? Yeah. But the second time I met him, it was, it was the strangest thing. But yes, I've met Kobe twice. Maybe it was just the energy around Maybe the energy that. in the building yeah. and everyone's going crazy. I don't know what it was. Jeez. I don't know. Yeah. So let's say Kobe's your, your favorite player then. Of all time? Yeah. No, nah, I still got to give it to MJ. But Kobe's number two. Okay. A solid number two. Okay. 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 Yeah, you don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go there. So what is your main strategy for organizing your day? Uh, my main strategy for organizing my day, uh, writing things down. I need to get a lot better at it. I've gotten better at it. Um, but you know, generally a day for me is wake up, say a quick prayer, read a little bit, answer any emails that need to get done immediately. Mm-hmm. Then I hit the gym for an hour or so, hour and a half. Uh, I'm trying to become a sex symbol again. <laughs> and then after that, um, head home work on any ongoing projects. And I usually leave my, my evenings for a meeting, uh, Raptors game, any players or anything like that's coming to town. I'll leave my evening for that. Okay. Okay. That's sorry. That's, that's, that's a day at home. A day on the road is you wake up, you answer emails and whatever you have to do that day, you just make sure you get done. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. All right. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment? And what did you learn from it? My worst entrepreneurial moment. I can't even spell that word. Man, I don't think I've had one. I don't, I think everything is a lesson. Mm -hmm. I don't look at losses or 
failures particularly, I look at it as a lesson. It's like, okay, we're not going to do this again. And just an make experience. sure, yeah, just experiences. So I don't really have, I mean, I've lost contracts, left, lost clients. I've, all of those things have happened, but I, I don't think it was bad. I mean, God, God knows what's happening. God knows. He's like, no, these are the people you need to work with. Like, okay. All right, God, whatever you say. Okay. So, okay. Okay. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only a hundred dollars, how would you leverage that? Hmm. Where am I? Where am I starting a business? In Brampton. Damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, one, get all the social media, everything going, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, Pinterest, all of them, all of them. I don't even know how much they are, but you get everything going. Um, and then that hundred dollars would probably go, probably 30 of it would go to getting someone to draw me a logo, mm-hmm. something that people can identify with. Um, another 30 of it would probably go towards, um, hmm, that's a tough question. A hundred dollars, not even a thou. Just a hundred, man. A hundred bucks. Uh, 30 would probably go to put gas in my car. So I can <laughs> go meet people. And, uh, that leaves me about 40 bucks. And I guess the f- rest of the 40 will be used for coffees at Tim Hortons because I'm going to be meeting a bunch of people to, get them interested in whatever it is I have to talk about. So now they have somewhere to, for them to go and look to find more information mm-hmm. and uh, just drive people there. Okay. Okay. Which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success? Damn. You want me to give the secrets out? <laughs> Google. Google. Eh? Google. <laughs> I Google everything. Yeah. Cause uh, I went to school for uh, sociology and psych. Um, but you know, I do a lot of things in marketing and, and uh, branding. Like I had a, I'm working on a project right now in Memphis, and um, the owner of the business says, "Yeah, Randy, just let me know how much, what, what kind of collateral you need." I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I went and Google. Like, oh, okay, it's like a deposit oh, collateral. Then I responded, but yeah, Google is my best friend. Okay, okay. See, a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to access all this information, right? Bro, we just walked, we went to a library today, today yeah. and I was looking at books like, oh shit, I should probably read that. Oh, I should probably read that. The, people, you know what the problem is, Dan? People are lazy. People just want things given to them. People mm-hmm. just want it to be right in front of you. People don't want to take the bus across town to go and sit down with somebody that could last 20 minutes. But the amount of information and knowledge you'll gain from another person or sitting in the library and just reading and just reading and just reading. Success is not easy because if it, if it was, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people uh, innately were all lazy. Like if we could, if we could, if you could stay home all day and get paid and everything is good in life, you don't have to work all for your abs, nothing, mm-hmm. you would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would, yeah. right? If you don't have to do it and it's just going to be there, you're yeah. not going to do it. But because I think people are a lot more lazier than others, a lot of people just kind of expect things to just be brought to them or you know, you, you find a roadblock or you're told no, then it's like, all right, well, this isn't for me. Says who? Yeah. You know, God gives us all our own vision and your vision is for you. Uh, I have a vision in, in my head and for my life that no one else on this earth will be able to understand the way I understand it. You may be able to understand certain parts of it, but you will not be able to fully comprehend what my vision is. And only God has given me the goggles to see that. Uh-huh. The same goes for you. The same goes for everybody. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you're trying to build out that vision, uh, it's important that you build a, a small team around you because you really can't do everything by yourself. 
What's the best advice you've ever received? Be patient. Be patient, be patient, be patient. That was probably it. Um, I guess when you're patient, you're, you're not looking too far ahead and you're not looking like at tomorrow. You're looking at maybe a couple months away. And, um, patience has really taught me to, I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, but if you think of Rome, you've got to build it little by little. I don't know how long it'll take you, but, um, being patient will really kind of, put things into perspective for you and you don't want to make irrational decisions because of, you know, you're emotionally unstable or finances aren't there right now or whatever the case may be. But if you're patient and take your time and you make informed decisions, I think business is for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think business is for everybody. It's just, are you willing to sacrifice and put in the time to make your business successful? That's what I said. But back to your question, being patient. Okay. List your top three most influential books. The Tipping Point, The Power of Now, mm-hmm. and The Subtle Art of Not Giving an Effort. Okay. Yeah. I'm only on chapter two of that book, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Two chapters in, and you're yeah, already putting like, the top I'm putting it in the top three. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it surpassed um, all my Clifford books and uh, <laughs> Sesame Street books, so... But no, um, the power of now is a very interesting read. It's all about learning how to focus mm-hmm. and being able to focus and being conscious and being present in a moment, right? Um, the ability to focus is, is next level. That's why you look at people like Kobe Bryant, who's able to focus when, you know, there's 30,000 people in an arena screaming your name, your coach is yelling at you, your teammates are that like being able to just lock in and say, okay, I'm going to, Throw this orange thing in there. And no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to stop me. Uh-huh. That type of focus. And The Power of Now talks about that that type of focus. I had to read that book twice to really understand it. Uh-huh. But it's a very, 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 very deep book. And I recommend that one for sure. Tipping Point's a really good one as well because it talks about um, how little things add up to bigger things. Um, no matter how small it is it still adds value into the bigger picture. Uh-huh. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And that's taught me a lot that a lot of the little things that, that I've learned is that you're going to have to do a lot of things for free yeah. before people will pay you before people feel the need to pay you. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a walking testament of that, you know, working with Anthony, you know, I spent a lot of time with, with him before he became, you know, the number one pick working with embellish, you know, the brand spent a lot of time with them before they started paying me. They actually wanted me to move to LA. Forget about Rose management. They said, yo, we're going to pay you $120,000 a year for five years. And I said, I'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought about it and it was like, well, Rand, you came into this business to just do things your way. Why are you going to go work for someone else? Yeah. So I had to say no. Um, But yeah, I probably have, a family and kids by now if I would have made that move. But that's okay. That's okay. You know, there's no better timing than God's timing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. Something true about business that most people don't agree with you on. You can do business with family and friends. You actually can. Okay. Because my best friend is my partner. Mm-hmm. And... um it's, I think the biggest thing is communication, 
putting everything out there for everyone to see. Like, okay, what do you want out of this? Like mm-hmm. having those real, like real, real talks. Just say, hey, what do you want out of this? What is, what is, why are you, why, are you, why do you want to do this? And um, just figuring out how to work together um, because the trust is there. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things with business is trust. And for me, I mean, I wouldn't say work with your whole family, but there's people in your family that you can actually work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that would be the one thing that I could say that you can actually work with family and friends. But, you know, communication and um, not delegating, but role playing is mm-hmm. huge and setting that up from early, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone's going to come in and have their own ideas. And you should never, never neglect someone that has an idea because. It could be something that you're not thinking about. Like my partner, Akeem, was also my best friend. He, me and him are completely like opposites. Like I'm, if we're out social, I'm the person that's going to go make the connection, shake someone's hand, get a business card, da, 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 da. He doesn't really do that. He's more, you know, in front of the computer, putting things together, bringing in structure. Mm-hmm. I have no structure whatsoever. I just, whatever it seems like a good idea at the time, I do. Mm-hmm. Akeem is more calculator struck, like, and but we work perfectly together. Yeah, you know. So that's that. That would be my piece. Okay. Okay. Is there any last piece of advice you want to leave with our purposeful story family? Um. Well, you know, if you do take anything from this podcast, um, it it simply is to believe in yourself. I know a lot of people hear this. You know, you get all the memes and. You know, Joel Olstein and all these, you know, talk, believe in yourself. But what does believing in yourself actually mean? And to me, believing in yourself is believing that whatever you think is a good idea actually is a good idea, despite what other people think. Um, once you start to understand that, you know what, this is your life. This is your one chance to do what it is that you want. Especially if you're young, because as you get older and you have a wife and kids and your responsibilities change and it's a lot harder for you to take risks just because, you know, you got mouths to feed and, you know, people to take care of. But believing in yourself will take you such a a long way. You know, um, if you look at me, you know, before I came into this whole thing, my mom was just like, no, like you have to go to school. You have to finish. You have to graduate you have to work this job and i'm just like but why but she didn't know that i believed in myself you know i i, I knew that i would build something in myself and go on to do great things and to this day my mom's just like you know you can still graduate if you want but <laughs> i see you're you know you're doing good things so as long as you're happy i'm happy and um you know people are gonna project things that that didn't work for them or people told them that they couldn't do. So they're going to project it on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom wasn't telling me that she didn't think that I could do it on my own or I could build my own business. She was telling me because that's from what she's learned. That's what mm-hmm. she's learned. And that's what she's understood. So she was looking out for me and um, I just kind of got to an age where I was like, nah, I got it, mom. And you know, here I am 27 years old and um, 2018 sitting in my parents living room doing a podcast about the last six, seven years of my life that have gone fairly quickly, but um, I've enjoyed every moment of it. And uh, I'm actually just glad to be here, man. Yeah. I'm just glad to be here. Just glad to be here. So everyone just believe in yourself. Um, Self love is the best love. Uh, 
that you could you can have and it's really hard to love anyone else if you don't know how to love yourself because then you won't know how to be loved mm-hmm. and um, yeah those are my two things self-love and believe in yourself okay okay how can the purposeful story family reach out to you or follow you on your entrepreneurial journey wow uh, reach out well, uh, you can head to rosemanagement.com and that's R-O-Z-A-A-Y-M-G-M-T.com. Um, that's my website. It has my clients, uh, some information about what's going on in, within Rose Management. Um, there's also a Rose Management Instagram. That's R-O-Z-A-A-Y-M-G-M-T. Uh, emails info at R-O-Z-A-A-Y-M-G-M-T.com. Um, and then I have my personal Instagram, which is Randy Rose, which is R O Z A A Y. Um, I am a resource to everybody. If there's anyone that has any questions about anything that we discussed today, or if there's something you don't agree upon that I said, and you want to discuss it, I'm all open for it because, uh, every day we got to learn and attain more and more knowledge. So, um, if anyone wants to reach out, yeah, you can reach out through Dan or you can shoot me an email or send me a DM or whatever is most comfortable for you. And you can get on the phone, we can meet up. It doesn't matter to me. Just as long as you don't try to rob me, we're good. <laughs> okay. And what is your purpose as an entrepreneur? Uh, I think my, I think I was talking to God about this the other day. I think it was to impact others in a positive light. Um, Rick Ross says it all the time that uh, how many people you bless is how you measure success. Um, and a lot of people will, will say success is, you know, getting the car of their dreams, getting their, you know, their bachelor's degree, getting, you know, the newest Jordan, getting, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. I've done all of those things and mm-hmm. I realized that there's so much more to this. You know, mm-hmm. I get elated i get so happy you know when i see some of my clients do well like dylan brooks you know he just played in the rookie sophomore game the rising stars game last friday and if you know dylan dylan's not supposed to be there in terms of basketball like he's just a kid that just wanted it more than everyone you know he never played in a mcdonald's game he was uh he never played in the jordan uh jordan was it the jordan classic jordan classic the hoop summit all the games that kind of identify kids to be the next kid to be something he never played in any of that Uh but he still found a way to one get to the nba he was a 45th pick if you redo this year's draft Dylan should have been top 10 Uh which is fine 45th pick and he's working his tail off and he's got a very very bright future ahead of him and i I look forward to being a product a part of that process so I think my my overall um, purpose is to impact others, to to do better and do more. Okay. Thank you, Randy, for coming on the Personal Story Podcast. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. And uh, if anyone would like to donate to the charity, please head to the website as well. Um, We still need to raise some money. Uh, to make this trip go as successful as possible. If anyone has any ideas for any future charities, please hit me up. I am all about collaborating. Like I said, I can't do everything by myself. Um, if there's anyone out there that wants to intern, is creative, as you know, learning about marketing, is learning about PR, is learning about business management, is learning about shoot, I don't know, I don't know. But please don't be shy. Um, I'm a resource uh, and without each other we're nothing so yeah 
All right. All right. That's it for the Purposeful Story Podcast today. Catch you later. Peace. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life, and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in, because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at iamkobe.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or CastBox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I Am Kobe Talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to IamKobe.com forward slash purposeful story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.